a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. See? Yeah. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the, the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for tuning us in to today. Table Talk Radio <laughs> does some apologizing. Oh yeah, yeah, the big apologia day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, if you remember, so I'd... first of all, sorry that we make the show. Second of all, sorry that you tuned in. Third of all, I'd like to apologize for Evan. <laughs> no, 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 it is not that kind cold. of apologizing. Uh, Third, I, I'd like to apologize for Lumpy and the way he smells. Oh, by the way, I, I was talking to our good friend Scott Dinkman of Stan I'd like Firm to apologize, fame. dear listener, that Evan just interrupted my apology. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that guy, let, Scott let, let me guess. You're going to open a, a school of apology? <laughs> <laughs> where you tell, the school of hilarity where every joke is explained and then apologized for. <laughs> nice. Sorry, uh, that's anyway, funny. Our good friend uh, Scott Dinkman of the reason uh, Stan why Firm was fame. <laughs> he was in the Rogue River area, and I had dinner with uh, he he and his lovely wife. And um, he never comes here. Was he his had daughter this, there. Paige? He had this wonderful idea that uh, that we, that there would be a spinoff of of Table Talk Radio. You know how yes. all, all these shows have spinoff from other characters. He yeah. had the idea that maybe Lumpy would have a spinoff show. Oh, that's and great. I informed him that the reason Lumpy, the character of Lumpy, was created was to give you an excuse to do show prep. And I don't right. think that you are willing to have a show where you have to do show prep on a regular basis. We should have had Lumpy come on today for the apology edition. <laughs> yeah. What, did you have to open a book? to, to Probably. All right. Well, okay, so in the past we've had the apology of the praise song cruncher. Yes. Uh, and now we have the Very apology much. of the how big of a Michelinist are you game. How big a Michelinist are you? Yeah. So we're going to find out how big of a Michelinist... You are. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah>, are. <laughs> but first, we got to do some buzzwords. I got a, I got a nifty buzzword for you. Right, I'm ready. Uh, super irrigation. Super. <laughs> now, the 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 idea behind super irrigation is that once you have successfully completed all of the demands of you in the Ten Commandments, then yes. then you can go on and do some some bonus points, some extra points, and the point then of these. Uh, extra bonus points further than the Ten Commandments are to 
uh, get rid of uh, the uh, get rid of etern- uh, death, eternal death, uh, and to also get rid of uh, purgatory. Now, this is part of our Catholic Catholic outreach uh, program. Um, C A P. Yeah. C- wait. C O P. This is apparently. a C O P uh, buzzword. Um, and uh, now, the, you should notice what big missionists we are in our <laughs> own outreach program. We are big missionists, I'll tell you. How big a missionist are you? <laughs> oh, now, it just so happens that the Lutheran confessions, and especially uh, uh, the Augsburg Confession, especially the Apology, seem to condemn this because the problem with supererogation is that you can't get past the Ten Commandments. That the Ten Commandments themselves uh, condemn us to death, and so what, what the uh, what the uh, apology says is that hey, look, uh, Christ's death is not only for guilt. Christ's death is also to take care of death itself. Uh, so that in the resurrection of Christ, we look at um, we look that that death has been put away. So that our works are not um, fitting to do anything with death, but only the works of Jesus. And then the, then they conclude saying, as if you would want to claim your own works rather than Christ anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Those Lutherans are a little bit snarky sometimes. A little bit. But but good. Still good. Yeah, I you have a bu- buzzword it. for me? Is it a COP buzzword? Uh, no, I don't. My oh. buzzword for you is, I was trying to figure out one of three buzzwords. You can tell me which one you want. Missional? Missionarific or hypermissionified? <laughs> Definitely, so I want hypermissionified. All right, I thought you would choose missionarific, which is a combination of missionified and horrific. Hi- oh, hypermissionified is a combination of hyper mission and ified. <laughs> Two of these three options we made up ourselves. Hypermissionified means that you have. Eight out of ten despising the sacrament characteristics uh, that the missionalists have. So I think we'll be defining that word in the uh, in our in our very own game that we're going to play. So. All right. Well, next, let's hear uh, what our callers have to say at the uh, Table Talk Radio voicemail line, which is one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. Here's the message. Hello, Brian and Evan. I'm calling for one simple person, uh, reason rather, just to simply let you know that I'm, I'm going through uh, withdrawal, and I suppose this is this is kind of a, a confession of sorts. Um, and sad to say, at, at that, I, I miss your show. Um, I miss hearing uh, praise songs that apologize for being praise songs. Uh, I miss uh, uh, Brian Wolfmiller repeatedly slaughtering the, the Latin language. <laughs> Brian, it's non hey, posse peccare, not non posse peccatum. Peccatum in that phrase doesn't make sense in English. Oh, I didn't it hear about make this sense part. in Latin either, but I love hearing it from your lips. <laughs> Uh, I, I miss it. I, I miss hearing a pastor from Colorado who doesn't sound at all like a pastor from Colorado. I miss it all, and, and and I thank you. I thoroughly thank you that that on your radio show you're not afraid. You're not at all afraid to take that, that oh, well-chosen guy. path of least resistance. You're not at all afraid uh, to public to publish and uh, promote mediocrity in all its various forms. Uh, you're not at all afraid uh, to not prepare for your show. I, I, I miss it, and, and I thank you for it. Um, uh, please, please, for the love of mediocrity and the path of least resistance, please come back to the show and say stuff. All right. 
You have a good day, and Lord willing, we'll hear from you soon. Bye. All right. Thanks for that call. Um, Now, what what our listeners don't realize is that the path of least resistance also includes uh, laziness in posting shows to the website. So, I mean, and this plea for for another trip down this path of least resistance includes not posting new episodes of their website. Yeah, there you go. So. Nice point. Well said. <laughs> hey, how come you when you were uh, playing that message before the show, you left out all that uh, all the insults? Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Didn't notice that. Hmm. How'd that happen? You know, you get these messages too. You just never listen to them. <laughs> Let the insults pour in. Pastor Wolf and they won't even know. Like, what is this? A me- phone message? Forget it. <laughs> I got other things not to do. <laughs> I'm busy doing a lot of. No- I'm busy not doing a lot of things here. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Do you have an email there? Oh yeah. I better pull it up here. I'm just, you wanted a short one. This is a kind of long email, so I'm just gonna uh, read the last part. This is from Jonathan. I've hired Lumpy to find the source of. Oh, this is halfway through the sentence. I better skip down to the next part. Another hint. I've heard from 80% of your listeners. And they've noted you haven't rewarded Table Talk Radio points in a long time. None for church signs. None for good email questions. None. Start giving us our due rewards, lest the four of us unsubscribe from your podcast, and you drop from the prestigious rank of mediocrity as if you were slain in the spirit. Don't make us go to Chicago Chicago teacher on you. You've been warned, Jonathan. Whoa, Jonathan. I know. Uh, all right. Well, how many Table Talk Radio points do you want to award him for that email? Four million. <laughs> that should take care of the point reward for about two months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We should be a little more stingy with it. I mean, these aren't just like giving out nothing. You know, These are Table Talk Radio points. Right. You right. know? I mean. Okay, fine. Four billion. <laughs> Okay, well, if you have a, a question or a comment uh, to send to us, you can do so by sending us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can give us a call, 1-800-385-7652. Uh, that's 1-800-385-7652. Sola is the, is the name. Do you have that number memorized yet, Pastor Wolf Mueller? 489-2795. Jeez Louise. You can. Is that is it close? Did no, I get any close? No, no. You got. You, you'd even say one eight hundred. I mean, that would be the easy part to get. One eight 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 four two seven solo. Oh, just just quit. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I was wondering how many uh, Table Talk Radio shirts are, have the Wolf Mueller family. I mean, is that like make up their entire wardrobe? Just Table Talk Radio shirts? No. Um, I do have some uh, old, worn-out undershirts with a bunch of holes on them, and those, I think, would be a fine substitute. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. We need to we need to get the uh, Table Talk Radio clerical shirt. You, could, right. you could give we'll it out. We'll that over the break. Yeah, you could give that out at the uh, district convention and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, after this commercial break, we're going to be doing the apology of the How Big of a Missionalist Are You Games. You're listening to the one and only Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. So exciting, you won't notice.
If you head on over to tabletalkradio.org, you'll find under the articles tab a nice little article there that says, How big of a missionalist are you? Yeah. And this How is. How big of a missionalist are you? Uh, huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Huge missionalist. Uh, and this, this, is a, this is a nice little checklist, I think, um, when you're <laughs> listening to your pastor on Sunday. This, I, the thing I love about this is it's not sarcastic or obnoxious at all. <laughs> See, the reason that's funny is because it's very sarcastic and obnoxious. <laughs> and mine. <laughs> he's being sarcastic while I'm saying he's not sarcastic. That's the, that's the joke. I'm sorry. That's not that funny. <laughs> that's the third step. Okay, step one, tell a joke. Step two, explain the joke. Step three, apologize for the joke not being funny. And then step four could be... To tell it again. <laughs> See if it's better. Like I was telling you how it was on Sunday. All right, look, guys, you got another shot at this. I'm going to tell that joke again. This time, you should laugh. Did the people okay. laugh the second time? You've been warned. I'm not telling. All right, well... Uh, so what happened here is we have this nice little checklist of how big a missionalist are you to find how out whether your your pastor is trying to be mm-hmm. missional or not. And uh, someone said, "Hey, where is the hey. apology? Where is hey. the defense for this uh, for this document that how says that this is from Holy Scripture?" Can you Rudy's you Rudy pants over there on uh, Table Talk Radio? That's a word I just made up. Rudy pants. <laughs> That means someone who's rude. Kind of like meanie with, pants only. Like, pants. Hey, that's right. Exactly like that now that you mention it. <laughs> Anyways, how can you Rudy pants just call everyone, uh, Just you just tell everyone what's wrong. You never say what's right. Is that true? I don't know if we've actually ever been accused of that, but I can imagine someone accusing us of that. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Anyhow, they said, why don't you tell us what, what the whole point of this, pra- this uh, uh, how big a missionalist are you, you know? Prove yourself from the Bible. So that's what we're going to set out to do today. And we have some, uh, and we're also going to play the game, How Big a Missionalist Are You? Now, the way the game works is we listen to a missionalist and determine how big a missionalist they are. <laughs> you want me to explain that again? <laughs> no, just you know get to what? the I apology. think when the, when the vicar was in here, he was, uh, it was like the replacement officials. You know? so, <laughs> I just I, thought of that. By the way, the, the reason. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we have to deal with these mission lists is because of the replacement referees. <laughs> I'm sure. You, you see, that's funny because everything is the fault of the right, right. replacement referees. I know. If Mitt Romney doesn't win, then it's the replacement, replacement referees. Officials. It's probably the replacement officials are counting the ballot. <laughs> I know. So yeah, let's know. let's read off these uh, categories on the how big a mission list are you, and then we'll then we'll defend some of them. One. Now, how come these have dots instead of numbers? That would be you, but I can change it for you. Don't worry. Dot one. Sola missio. And that is this characteristic. Everything in Scripture is ignored except the words regarding mission. Quote, mission. Now, this is uh, the, this little thing here is refuted by the rest of the Bible that doesn't talk about missions. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, this is the particular characteristic. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but the particular characteristic of the missionalist to hear only 
things that have to do with missions. It's just amazing. So, for example, uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, etc. It's like uh, all they see when they see the, that verse is the word go. Yeah, just got to go. Get out there. Get after it. Go. Go. So that's the first characteristic of uh, everything in Scripture. Now, you, you notice this especially when the missionalist is teaching a Bible verse that has things that are not about the mission in them, and those things are totally neglected. Mm. So, Like, for example, you want an example? I do. I already gave it to you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Now, uh, that uh, verse happens to be uh, the institution of the sacrament of baptism, a command to teach the full counsel of God, a discussion of ecclesiology, that is the church, and also discipleship, etc., and even the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. I mean, that verse is so loaded up with doctrine that you could probably survive, you could theologically survive for four or five weeks on that verse alone. See, that that's equating it, the scripture to food. Mm-hmm. Did you get it? I did get it. I mean, it's so much in there. That is high... High, high doctrine, high doctrine count on that thing. But all the uh, missionalists here is, is the word go. Okay. Okay. What about uh, the next one? Despise vocation. Then we'll then we'll play a clip here. Here. Yeah, we have one, two, three, four, five, six despising things. And so this is where the missionalist is going to despise. And this is kind of the same characteristic where everything is honed down to the mission. The missionist is going to throw off everything else and make the one thing central is the mission. So vocation is where God sets us to love our neighbor, to do the normal kind of loving of the neighbor job. And the missionist despises that because the loving of the neighbor is actually conflicting with the doing of the mission. After all, if I have to stay home and uh, you know take care of my children and do the dishes, then how am I impacting the world for the mission of Christ? See, hmm. Of course, the answer to that is, if you're taking home taking care of your, your kids, they are kind of being impacted by. But anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, Never mind that. Okay. Well, do you want to hear mm-hmm. a do you want to hear a, a clip here? This is uh, Tim oh, Keller. Yeah. Tim is the uh, pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, and here he is speaking at the Desiring God Conference in 2006. A missional church, for example, is uh, is characterized by a great deal of respect for uh, people who don't believe. In other words, a missional church understands what it's like not to believe. And that permeates everything, every meeting. We understand what it's like not to believe. Uh, we understand uh, the problems people have with the church. We understand the problems people have with the way life goes. We understand people who wonder about suffering. They wonder about hypocrisy in the church. They wonder about injustice. So because we understand that, uh, the way the preaching goes, the way uh, uh, conversations happen in small groups, non-Christians can be there and not be, A, offended by all, by all the, the cracks about non-Christians or uh, not offended by statements about homosexuality, statements about other religions. Uh, they're not offended, and secondly, they're not totally confused because instead of just using evangelical subcultural jargon we're always in all of our conversations everything from the education to the worship service to the preaching we're always connecting the gospel to baseline cultural narratives problems hopes aspirations when when non-christians come in they see that we inhabit the same world we read the same magazines we're struggling with the same issues in the neighborhood they 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 see that we're really being christians in the same um, 
world that they live. And that has to... There's an awful lot of evangelical churches where a non-Christian comes in, they can't understand the jargon. They, they, they see an enormous us-them mentality. You know, there's, there's us good people and there's you bad people. The, uh, all of the things that are, or that are obsessing the Christians that they talk about are not the issues in the neighborhood. They're not the issues in the... the Christians are not concerned about the common good. They're really just concerned about their tribe. So when a non-Christian comes in and they, hears all, they hear all this talk, they're confused or offended and they're out. That's not a missional church. See, that's, that's very different than just an evangelistic uh, approach. Now, I need the, the dean of academics in the Wolf Miller School of Hilarity to explain what was funny in that clip. <laughs> this is so great. Yeah, we're not, we don't use all sorts of uh, uh, evangelical subculture gar, uh, jargon. We're, we're interested in connecting with people's baseline cultural narratives. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking down the street the other day, and I heard these high schoolers talking about baseline cultural narratives myself. <laughs> so, oh, you guys are talking about baseline cultural narratives. Yeah. I'm not so focused on our own tribe. I'm more interested in the common good. That's how everybody talks. What the nuts? You know the problem? I'm not, by the way, interested in evangelical jargon either, because evangelical <laughs> jargon is false doctrine. What I'm, I'm particularly interested in, though, is letting people be sinners, both Christians and non-Christians be sinners. And did you hear? That's the connection that the church has with the non-believer, is that we all are sinners. We all need to know that we're sinners, and we all need to know that Jesus died for us. And evangelicals have this massive problem, is that they can't let the Christian be a sinner. No wonder there's a disconnect between the Christian neighbor and the guy across the street because they, they say, well, that guy's a sinner and I'm not. No, <laughs> it's, their, their fundamental confusion of law and gospel has made them evangelically impotent. And now the way that they try to fix it is by putting together these conferences. The whole thing's absurd. Now, because I was, I was uh, wondering when he mentioned that people can come into church without hearing cracks about non-Christians. I can't remember the last time I was at church and heard a crack about non-Christians. Uh, but yeah. I, haven't been, I haven't been to Hope Lutheran Church in a while either, though. So. Oh, yeah. I was talking about you. Yes, <laughs> okay, so in 45 seconds, we have any of, uh, in this clip, any uh, how big a missionist are you well, criteria, uh, Matt? Let's see. Sola missio. Yes. See, you, uh, you see this? They, they, uh, this I, the whole idea of being a neighbor is, is, uh, has been hijacked by these guys you see so you can't just be a neighbor and actually care about the person no it all has to be bent towards um some other ulterior motive that i mean they they, they are creating what they're criticizing in this whole thing do you, i mean do you, do you hear that yeah they, they, they're trying to they're trying to um um they're trying to get back to the ground from the tree, but they're they're doing it by jumping off the top of the tree i mean you'll end up on the ground but you'll be broken by the time you get there Right. Um, what about this uh, despising of Christian maturity? Uh, was that there too? I mean, yeah, it, I think it was implicit. That's yeah, it. Yeah. And and this whole, th- really, you know, what they mean by evangelical jargon is doctrine. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we need to take a commercial break. More oh. the apology of how big a Michelin are you on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. There isn't a way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you, but thank you. 
for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, we are playing uh, How Big of a Meshinalist Are Ya? Uh, the Apology <laughs> Edition. Uh, nice. So. The Mercer impersonation. <laughs> Thank you. I approve of that bump, by the way. Thank you. My name is Pastor Wolfmuller, and I approve that bump. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, gonna get another I'm not your later. DJ. I, I'm not my job. I think <laughs> I'm not your DJ. <laughs> that sounded really funny. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what are we doing here? So we we're, got two we're, we're out talking, of how many do Well, we're talking I don't about know how many things they have here because they're bullet points and not numbered. I look at the the Three, Google document. I four, I changed it to numbers for you. Now these are these six despises the the despise of the vocation, the sacraments, doctrine, Christian maturity, the ministry, and church rights. Do they all kind of fall under the same uh, proof text uh, for from the Bible. Indeed, because now look, I I would just I'm just going to make a suggestion, dear listener, and that is this: that if we want to be missionless, then we ought to maybe think a little bit about what the mission is, or perhaps what God tells us about the mission, namely, that He the, the Lord Jesus wants to forgive the world. He wants to to bring the benefit of His death to all corners of the, of uh, of the earth. I know, by the way, the earth doesn't have corners. Uh, all the corners of the earth. That's funny, you see. Mm-hmm. Earth doesn't have corners. Just anthropomorphic. No. W- wasn't that how anyway. Galileo disproved Christianity? Yeah, that's right. Earth doesn't have corners. Now, uh, the re- we should then, if Jesus wants to do this, bring his forgiveness to the corners of the earth, then we probably ought to consider how he wants to do it. And it just so happens that the way he wants to do it is through the sacraments and through the church. It just also so happens that the missionalist despises those things. So you've got a problem, a fundamental problem, if you are a missionist, missionalist, or if you are missionarific, or if you are hypermissionified, <laughs> is that you're is that you are trying to fix the problem with the wrong tool. Hmm. So all of these go under. I mean, now we can back up, and I, I think that. Do you hear that? Do you like that sound? That's you kicking the mic I, stand? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Uh, if you if you were to just go to an island, a Greek island, say Santorini, which it, where I'll be in uh, 44 days, <laughs> you go to the Greek island of Santorini, and nobody's living there, and and you you know you were just sitting around, and we were trying to make a radio show, and someone drops a Bible, and we say, oh hey, what's this thing say? Now say we believe this Bible. And we're going to start to try to follow this Bible. Well, you know what you're going to do is you're going to end up having a Lutheran church with the sacraments. This is the main thing, is that the sacraments grow out of a simple and plain reading of the scriptures, like this. You read the Bible and you see that, hey, God has some instructions there. Then you live for a couple days and realize that, hey, I'm not following those instructions. Then you read a little bit more and say, well, you know what I really need then is because I'm in trouble because I haven't done this is I need uh, I need forgiveness. So then you start to look and you say, ah, oh, Jesus won forgiveness on the cross. And now you're looking for how he gets that forgiveness to you. And it just so happens that the three places that he promises to deliver you forgiveness is in the gift of baptism, in the gift of the Lord's Supper, and in the gift of the absolution. That is the hearing of the gospel. That's where he promises the forgiveness of sins. And so then you start baptizing people and having the Lord's Supper and forgiving each other's sins. And you know what you have? Voila, a Lutheran church. They're right there on the island. 
I mean, it just this just happens. I mean, from from this simple looking in the scriptures where the forgiveness of sins is. Now, how the missionalist comes along and says, no, 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 the baptism, Lord's Supper, the, the, having a church, a pastor and a preacher, all this stuff. This isn't important. We need to be we need to have a. Uh, uh, relevant intersecting lives with our pagan neighbors or whatever. I mean, that's just—it's just not paying attention to the Bible. So, as, as part of the the reason um, churches are are kind of going this route of of transforming their church to be a, a missional community, is part of this because um, they they want to kind of reduce the church to be something that is acceptable for the non-Christian just walk into. I mean, that, that was kind of the church growth thing. Right, accessibility. Right. Yeah, there's something about that, that the gospel needs to be translated, etc. And, I, I mean, I can go with that a little bit. I mean, there's we, we see Paul preaching, for example, and, and he mostly is not preaching to Christians, and, and he always uses one of their native texts. He uses something that's familiar with them. So we see in Paul, for example, the, uh, the just how the Christian preacher and the Christian person ought to be familiar with the... Um, what does the non-evangelical jargon call that? The baseline cultural narratives. <laughs> we need to be familiar with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Uh, so that we can we can. But the, you know what it means to be familiar with the baseline cultural narrative? It just means to be a real person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just means to be alive. Right. Well, I think um, I'm ready for another one. <laughs> okay. Here. Well, here's the next one. If, this you, were, is... if you were asking. Scott McKnight is a is, you, is an author, and uh, this is him speaking at the 2008 Group rude. Life. You were conference. going to say something profound. Yeah, you could say your was. profound thing. I forgot. Now you ruined it. <laughs> Are you ready for Scott? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm ready. Here's Scott McKnight. Jesus was missional. That's the word. He was missional. He saw others, and to be missional means to be other-oriented rather than self-shaped. It is to be concerned when you get with people of how they're doing rather than how you're doing. And Jesus was a missional Christian. Matthew 10.40 says this. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. I want you to think about this text a second. What it's saying is you are the presence of Jesus in this world. Now that's scary. And your group, your small group, your church is the presence of Jesus in this world. You and I are the presence of Jesus and missionally we can become the presence of Jesus if we learn to make this very practical. Table fellowship is more than a technique. It's more than a holy huddle of Christians gathering together to talk about their favorite sports team or their favorite Bible passage. If we're going to be like Jesus at the table, we're going to learn to open up the windows and hear the sounds of the neighborhood. And we're going to open up the windows so that we can look out the windows and see our neighbors. And we're going to begin to reach into these people's neighborhoods because we are the presence of Jesus. So Jesus was a missional Christian. That is a really weird thing to say. Or you might say a missional Jew. Uh, get it? That is, isn't that strange? That's strange language to me. He's Jesus not. He's not really uh, hitting your cultural baseline. <laughs> he needs to think more about his way of talking. Wait, 
less about that and more about mine, which is to. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, any of the any from the our checklist here? Did he hit on that one? Let's see. Use really trendy buzzwords. The church is a training facility to equip, not give. Sending, not forgiving. Church is organic. Movement is. Oh yeah, that that reminds me of my profound thought that you uh, hmm. interrupted me on. Because uh, I, I, what's what's at the heart of this is a is a false ecclesiology. You know, what what is the church? Um, and right. I think that this this grows out of the idea that we have bought into of church just really being a um, uh, a matter you know, church being kind of a social club. This is a group of of like minded individuals gathering together. This is sort of the Slyermacher idea of church. And um, and so so that now the mission or evangelism has been reduced to just social integration. We want to integrate new people into our way of thinking, and that's the extent of 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 evangelism, and this sort of this sort of um, plays off of. I mean, the the two views here would be uh, whether you know the person is dead in their sin and need the word of God to to come to life, versus someone who has a free will and must just be compelled. And that right. was and that and that theology that a person just just needs to be compelled is is the dominating theology of of uh, Christianity today. Yes. And this yes, is the right. theology that has paved the way for our, our worship services, right? So that if I just need to compel you, I'm going to use uh, the 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 extent of mysticism to to manipulate you to to making this decision. Um, so, like ten more things on the checklist by saying all that. <laughs> so, I, I'm wondering though if, if you know, especially the our, our our Lutheran churches that have bought into this, are buying into a complete different theology that is driving this missionalist idea. Yes, and and that that uh, theology begins with the uh, with original sin that says that, first of all that man can't choose Christ. So it's not a matter of of choice or allurement, etc., but actually a matter of conversion. And I don't know who was I, I was talking to that guy on the other radio show. Do you remember, have you ever heard of uh, Todd Wilkin? And he was telling me how he doesn't like the word conversion. Why do I don't even? I, we have to have that word conversion. We have to have it because because we have to understand what God is, how God is taking someone who's unrighteous and and making them righteous. We gotta. We have that doctrine because then everything we're we're able to sort out everything else that the Lord is doing. But it has to start there with the Lord uh, actually doing something uh, with us, making us different. And and then the other so the the kind of secondary offspur of original sin is that the unbeliever is an enemy of Christ, right? And therefore an enemy also of the church. And there's no 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 we can be friends with people. Oh, mm-hmm. People love the church. You know just. Be real friendly, and then well, li- we can like them into the face, the, like Facebook. Uh, so, so what you do then, <laughs> if, if you like Facebook. if you want to try and get to, if you want to socially integrate these people, then you just get rid of the church, and now now they'll be part of our group because now the church isn't there uh, for them to be offended about, <laughs> right? All right, you you got your finger on it. That's a good idea. All right, we'll be right oh, back. Man. Finish out this game on Time Table Talk Radio. Can't 
lot more action. Part-time hosts, full-time nonsense. You're listening to <laughs> Table Talk Radio. That's funny because it's true. And we're back on Table Talk Radio. Time for the final segment in this game. How big of a Michelin star are you? So, we have one more clip here. You want to hear the last one? Yeah, do we have any more things to explain? So, use really trendy buzzwords. Yes. So, we got the six despising things. We have like 17 more. (laughs) This is a lot. Use really trendy buzzwords. That's just obnoxious. You can use trendy buzzwords if you want. Now, by, uh, by buzzwords, we don't mean here the buzzwords here on Table Talk Radio. We mean trendy ones. <laughs> yeah, logical buzzwords. Yeah. Uh, our, it's the funny thing about our buzzwords is they actually aren't buzzwords at all. They're like the opposite of a buzzword. I would like, you, so I would like you to explain number 10. Number 10? I don't have – they have dots. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. No, 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 no. First number, this one. This The church is a training facility – to equip, not give, sending, not forgiving. This has to do exactly what you're talking about as a misunderstanding of the church. is rather than being the place where Jesus serves us his forgiveness, it's a place where we're kind of whipped up into a frenzy to go out there and be uh, good neighbors or whatever. Right. Now, so, no, no, I mean, th- this is the great irony. I mean, so, <laughs> so you're trying to put this mask on that you're so compassionate and caring for people who aren't in the church. And uh, you're trying, uh, you know, we're struggling with the same things you are. You know, we read the same books and and you know this kind of thing. And then they say, okay, I'll be a part of your church. And okay, now need to you need you need to have compassion to people who aren't here. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, wait a minute, they joined the what church. You were doing to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they say, now, uh, did you just read that just so you could tell me you read the same books I'm reading? Yeah. And then this person says, and he says, and now now that you're in a church, you can't read those same old books you used to read. Now you got to read different ones. Now you got to read the books that everyone else is reading. Yeah, what? I'm, I'm, I don't get to be I'm equipping anymore? yourself to be missional. I mean, that, that's just oh, the irony. I mean, you you have a sermon uh, on uh, how to be missional, and all these people who come to your church to hear Jesus are like, oh wait, wait, a minute. wait, wait. I came here to, and you're telling me to go out. Oh, okay, I'll go out. <laughs> See you later. But what about this one? The church is organic. What on earth do you mean by that? Well, you know, this is the everyone loves loves to. This is the old church growth thing, by the way. They haven't outgrown this one yet. Hopefully, they'll outgrow it soon. Like I'm gonna outgrow infographics in a couple weeks. <laughs> right now, I'm obsessed with them. Hopefully, the church growth movement will eventually outgrow this ridiculous idea that the church is organic. And that you know the way they get it, they say this is the church is the body of Christ. Well, there's a huge, huge difference between saying the church is a body. And the church is the body of Christ. That's what they try to do. The church is a body. So then they so church is a body. So what makes a healthy body? Well, it eats, and it reproduces, and it grows, and um, I don't know what else a body does. It walks around and goes to football games, and I don't know. You know, do you get the idea? So no. then they so, say the church has to be growing, healthy. They it's this organic metaphor applied to the church. Right. So and, so beyond what what you know how Saint Paul talks about the body of Christ. Well, that's the thing. Is the church is not a body, the body of Christ. And does the the body of Christ grow? Does it get old and die? 
does it reproduce? According to the papyrus, maybe, but not according to the Bible. In other words, the church, the church, is not organic. It's supernatural. It's the body of Jesus. You get it? Yes. So uh, uh, w- w- one of these guys that I was when I was looking for clips, I didn't I didn't take this clip, but uh, he he would emphasize that you don't go to church because we are the church. Um, and so they they're rejecting this idea that you go to church, this kind of rejection of a church building, you know, that we're gonna go be the church. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just good old fashioned gnosticism. <laughs> okay, and then uh, we have two more here. Do you want to hit these? Uh, movement, not institution. We explain that loads of times, right? We are we we ought to do a tagline like something like this: uh, institutional and loving it. Or something. <laughs> Everyone hates the institutions except for the fact that God made them. So you're not allowed to hate the institutions, like the church. It is a, it is a, hating the institution is not an option. And then the last one here is cost other people a lot of money, which is also simply obnoxious. If you want to cost other people lots of money and use trendy buzzwords, if that's the only two things on the checklist you do, go right ahead. <laughs> okay, here's one more clip. This is. From uh, Tony Stiff, he's the associate pastor at that Cedar guy Point needs Community to Church <laughs> in Roseville, California. Get it? Because his name is Stiff. Got it. All right, here, this is this is Tony Stiff talking about what is a missional church. What is the missional church? Uh, contrary to popular opinion or practice, the missional church is not a new ministry paradigm uh, that you can kind of buy and sell with the uh, purchase of a new staff member or, you know, whatever it might be, or the implementation of uh, a few books that have uh, influenced you. Uh, The missional church is far more than just a buzzword or a a ministry paradigm that's popular and can come and go off the scene like so many things uh, in the Christian uh, marketplace. Uh, The missional church reflects a situational and a theological and a missiological and an ecclesiological shift that's occurred in the church's life in the past hundred years. (laughs) Uh, The situational shift is that the church in the Western world, in Europe, in North America, in uh, Australia, in some of these places where it has held predominance of influence, is now on the wane. Uh, It's becoming the minority again. And it's having to reconsider what it means to do mission, not overseas, but what it means to do mission as a people um, right here, right now, in our community, uh, because of the, the loss of influence and presence. And so it represents uh, a situational shift uh, where Christianity is, is on the wane and losing influence. Uh, but it also represents a theological shift, uh, particularly a, a few theologians in, in the last hundred years have been wrestling with whether or not missions is... Uh, something that we do or is tied to an attribute of who God is. Whether or not missions is merely redemptive in orientation or reflects uh, ascending characteristic in the heart of God, uh, ascending that can be recreative and redemptive. Um, Missiologically, the missional church represents uh, a new age for church ministries uh, where missions ceases to be a program area in the life of the church and becomes really one of the orientating, defining principles of who she is uh, as as a community, as a people. 
All right. What do you think of that? I think there actually is something to chew on right in the middle of that thing where he said, I mean, I don't know what all this shift and all this. I, I actually mostly don't know what he's talking about, but this. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, just this inventing business, new adverbs and adjectives. On, <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm a fan of inventing new words, by the way. I'm not a fan of adverbs. I'm a fan of new words. I, I don't know. That leaves me neutral on new adverbs. What did you want us to chew on? This idea is that mission is not something that we do, but something that is a reflection of the heart of God. And that is actually a half step closer to the truth. Because mission actually happens to be something that God does. <laughs> um, it is God's work. But you see, the problem is, so, so he says, it's not something you do, like go out there and evangelize. You know, used to be part, you have a church program and you got the mission part and then you got the the family part, and then you got the whatever other part. I don't know what kind of programs these guys have, but this is the idea. You got all these different programs, and this is just one of them. No, no, it's something that's it's more holistic and combined. It's all combined up together and things like this. It's it's who God is on the earth. Well, almost true. The problem with talking like that is it undoes the forgiveness of sins. It's not just about forgiveness of sins. It's about God being. Um, recreative in this cosmos. And this is the kind of, this is the whole shtick with the, uh, what are those guys called that like to burn the candles? Um, Acolytes? Uh, no, the, uh, oh, the emergent church, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the shtick with the emergent <laughs> church, is that the shifts in the world require a redoing of our um, ecclesiology and the way we think about salvation and stuff like this. So God is not just in the world to forgive sins, but he's actually recreating the world. He's proliptically resurrecting things and all this kind of stuff. So that, that kind of language steeps in there. But see, we could, if, if we want to understand missions right, we could just simply understand that mission is Jesus forgiving sins right. through his means. Right, and that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we, we understand that uh, that this is all going on in the forgiveness of sins. It's going on already in the divine service on Sunday morning. Uh, when when I was at the uh, fall conference last year here in the Northwest District, one of the pastors was giving a presentation on missional communities, and he said the Reformation, I, I, I couldn't believe it, so I wrote it down. The Reformation did a great job of rediscovering justification, but had nothing to do with a missiology. Now, the fact that that this individual thought those were two separate things really concerns me. Uh, I mean, you, you have to ask the question: Well, does does did the Reformation deal with how sinners get to heaven? <laughs> well, just a little bit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that might have come I mean, up once. <laughs> it came yeah, it up might once have been twice. in one of the table no, talks. No, the real que- late at night. <laughs> no, the question is: <laughs> Does that have anything one, to do with missiology? One one off night, Luther was sitting there. I wonder how to find a righteous God. <laughs> All right, so I think that uh, we have explained, at least from the Bible. Uh, how big of a missionalist are you? This is available on our website at tabletalkradio.org. Click the Articles tab and print off the How Big of a Missionalist Are You checklist. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points about how much money you're going to make if you store up all these missional CDs in order to sell them as You've classic vintage CDs Radio. on eBay in about 20 years. Or that of the hosts <laughs> and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email 
questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.